Take your Bibles, if you would, tonight and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 tonight. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Tonight we're looking at the purpose that is precious. We began talking about this last week a little bit. And we want to continue on this. A purpose that is precious. Purpose that is precious. First Peter chapter 2, starting with verse 4. It says, To whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. You also, as lively stones, are built upon a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore, wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded unto you. Therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be obedient, disobedient, the stone which the builder disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And the stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, even disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Wow, what wonderful words we have tonight from the Holy Scriptures. Father, thank you for this time. I pray that you would bless it. Lord, help us, Lord, to glean something from your word. And, Lord, take away from it tonight, Lord, to be closer to you in our relationship. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see a, a purpose that is precious. Notice three times in the text tonight, you see that word precious. Precious, those things... Those uh, words that are put in Scripture are not put in there by happenstance. Okay, they're not put in there. They're, not just, they're just not flung in there for, for filler. They're in there for a purpose. They're in there for a reason. They are precious, precious words. First of all, we see the absence of disappointment in verses 6 and 7. It says, Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, a lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth in him, shall not be confounded. A cornerstone is laid in the foundation at the angle of a building where two sides form together. The construction of the building uses the cornerstone for accuracy and a referral point in the building. You have two, two points coming together throughout the scriptures. You see it mainly in the New Testament. You see the, the lives of the Jews and the lives of the Gentiles. But Jesus is the Savior of the Jews and the Gentiles. He's a savior. He's a savior of all. It's not one savior for one and one savior for, for the other. Jesus is a savior for any person who'll believe in him. And what happens, though, those who will not believe, the Bible says they will be confounded. They will be confounded. This word confounded means derived from the Greek word, which means to dishonor, to disgrace, to be disappointed, to be humiliated, to blush or be ashamed. Oh, what a sad day it's going to be for so many people who are going to be confounded. They're not going to believe in Christ. You know, they've heard the gospel. They've been, they've been shared the gospel with, but they have, not, they have not placed their faith in Jesus Christ. They've been confounded. That's why we have a wonderful and great responsibility to make the gospel plain to them, to share it, to share that with them, first and foremost, what Christ has done in our heart and what he's done in our life. And from the scriptures, what the, what the word of God says. So they should not be confounded. This word shall not be 
is from the Greek, which means to give great emphasis. No, not at all. Well, certainly not. No, never. You will certainly not be confounded or disappointed by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> you might be disappointed on a lot of things in life. You might be disappointed in our government, and you should be. <laughs> you might be disappointed in a piece of pie that you get. But, dear friend, you'll never be disappointed in Jesus Christ. There are no disappointments in him. He is always perfect. He can never fail. I love that old song we used to sing, he's able, he's able, I know he's able. I know my Lord is able to carry me through. He's able, he's perfect, he's precious. You cannot be confounded if you believe in him. Think about the precious things in Peter, this epistle, Peter. We see several things this evening. First of all, we see the precious inheritance we have. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Wow. <laughs> you can bank on it. You, it, it, you, go, you. you put your name in somewhere and you think you got a reservation. You might not. I've been there. I, I've had my place somewhere. Thought I walked up to the counter. Thought my name was there. Thought all my ducks were in a row. Thought the T was crossed. Uh, the I was dotted. And no, I have no reservation for you. And I've had reservations when I didn't know I had reservations. I called a couple weeks ago. My dad had a timeshare in Daytona for about 35 years. He's had it since 1984. I just called over there to inquire. The lady at the other end said, hello, Mr. Moon. We are looking forward to having you come this week. I had a reservation I didn't even know about. Amen. And I used it. <laughs> Glory to God, I didn't have to pay for it. Woo! But dear friend, I can say to you tonight, the reservation you have in heaven, if you know Jesus Christ, is sure. It is sure. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to check your last four numbers of your Social Security card. You don't have to give your DNA or your firstborn child. It's sure. It's sure. You have a precious inheritance. And we go through precious trials now to... During the time of the trials, they're not so, they don't seem so precious, do they? But the Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 7, the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. Though it be tried with the fire, might be found to the praise and honor and glory of the appearing of Jesus Christ. Oh, dear friend, what you are going through, though it may, may seem difficult and may certainly be difficult, is for your good. It's for a purpose. Things that happen to a Christian are not by luck. Take luck out of the definition of your, if you're, take luck, out of, take luck out of the definition. There is no such thing as luck for Christians. There is no such thing as luck, happenstance, chance. We as Christians don't believe in any of that. That's all, that's, that's all of the former life. That's all of the life before Christ. Things happen in this life for a purpose and a reason. Now, can we comprehend them and understand them? No, we can't comprehend them and understand them because his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So things that are happening in our life, we don't really understand and, why, and fi can figure out why they're happening. But they're happening for a reason and a purpose because God has a plan for each one of us. It's not just a mistake. It's not just luck. It didn't just happen that way by chance. No, dear friend. 
You're going through what you're going through a lot of times in your life so that if you don't get bitter, you can help somebody else go through what they're going to go through in life. Did you hear what I said to you tonight? You're going through what you're going through right now in your life if you don't let yourself get bitter to help somebody else go through what they're going to go through in life. If you allow yourself to not get bitter. The precious inheritance, the precious trials, of course, the precious blood of Jesus. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.19, but with the precious blood of Jesus as a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's how we're saved, by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Fourth, the testimony, the precious testimony of the Lord. 1 Peter 2.12, having a conversation honest among Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. That's why it's so important, folks, on a daily basis to have a good testimony. Wherever you go, you say, preacher, is it important how I, how I act in public? Yes, it is. Everywhere you go, you have a testimony of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Everywhere you go and everything you do, you have a testimony. You're living as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. People are going to say evil things about you. Why? Because they said evil things about Jesus. <clears throat> but they should, when they say them, when they say those evil things about you, they should, be, they should say it and recognize the fact that they are wrong. <laughs> Think about Daniel in the lion's den. Here's Daniel. What can they get Daniel on? He's a liar. No. He's a thief. No. He's a blasphemer. No. He's praying. That's not, if you're going to get somebody on something, you can get them on the fact they're praying. He prays three times a day. And that those crazy, wicked, evil people that conspired against him who put up an edict saying no one no prayer should be made to any other person but to their god and well, they trapped him in that but they trapped him in something that was righteous <clears throat> if somebody was if somebody was uh trying to trap you what would they trap you in what would they trap you in that person goes 100 miles an hour down 39th avenue that person Man, they're always they're always swearing. That person you see them in publics, man, they're complaining from once from the time they hit the door to the time they leave the place. Would would they have enough evidence to convict you of as a Christian if they followed you? So we see the precious blood of Christ, the testimony, the precious testimony of, of for our Lord. And, th and fifth, we have a precious faith. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. <clears throat> now, this word precious, we've been talking about it. Let's define it. It means honor, value, reverence, deference, preciousness. The phrase can be defined in two different ways. To you who believe is the value, or to you who believe is this honor. Both have both connotations. Of this word precious. I don't know if you do any uh, reading in the fantasy world. I like to delve in there every once in a while because reality is sometimes so, so crazy. I like to read a little Tolkien. If you like to read a little Tolkien, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. He, he created a world called Middle Earth. And in that world called Middle Earth, he made some rings. Some rings, some rings, some precious rings. Those rings gave the, the person who wore them the ability to be invisible. Two brothers found this 
was found this ring while they were out fishing one day, and like Cain and Abel, they one killed the other over this ring. This person by name of Smeagol got this ring, and it, he, he loved it so much. He desired it so much. He wanted it. It became his precious till it turned him into a monster. You know, we can, we, can, we can want something. We can lust after something so bad. We can, we can, it can be so precious to us that it becomes the most important thing in the world, and it can actually change us. Has that ever happened to you? You ever gotten a job and it was so precious to you it began to change you? You ever gotten a relationship and that relationship became the most important thing in the whole universe and it began to change you? You ever had some object, some, some sweet thing, some precious thing that you had to have? Your wife told you not to do it, man, but you went ahead and did it anyway. I've been there. It became precious to you. You stay up at night polishing the thing. Somebody said, man, if you spend more time talking to your wife than polishing that thing, you might be all right. I said, hey, man, you got me on that one. <laughs> What's precious to you tonight? What is precious to you tonight? What's precious? Well, you just look through the Bible. You see people who, who were destroyed. Absalom, power was precious to Absalom. It destroyed him. Possessions were precious to Achan and Judas. It destroyed them. Prestige was precious to Ananias and Sapphira. They lied. The wicked person, the, the, that wicked person named Delilah, uh, money, she wanted that silver, that, that stuff. She was, it was precious to her. Position was precious to Eve. She desired to be like God, disobeyed God, destroyed her. What's precious to you? What's precious to you? Well, I hope Jesus is precious to you. Reasons why Jesus is precious. Well, he saved us, folks. If that, if that was it, that would be enough. You said, what did Jesus Christ do for you, Marty Moon? He saved my soul. That's enough. Wouldn't have to be a heaven. Oh, I'm thankful there is. But he saved me. He saved me. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, Thou shalt confess with thy mouth, O Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confesses man unto salvation. He saved us. But not only that, he sealed us. He sealed us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now you may seal a, a can, a, a jar of beans, or seal some type of container, but dear friend, there's never been any type of sealing like the Holy Spirit seals us. We are sealed. Nothing can change our relationship with Christ. Nothing can change. We're saved. We're sealed. And thirdly, he sustains us. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, but be my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Not one person in this room is starving tonight. Not one person in this room is begging tonight. Not one person has to sit up there on that corner and hold a little sign saying, feed me. No. God takes care of his own. God takes care of his own. He sustains us. He seals us. He saves us. And thank God one of these days, and it could be tonight, he's going to snatch us. <laughs> he's going to snatch us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17 
then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Yeah, dear friends, he is precious. He's precious. So we've seen the absence of disappointment. But secondly, the aftermath of rejection in verses 7 and 8. Unto unto you, wherefore, which believe, he is precious. But to them which are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallow, the same is made of the corner, the stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. Even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. The aftermath of rejection. We see this word, disobedient. Disobedient comes from the word which means to not allow oneself to be persuaded, to refuse or withhold belief or obedience. Those who refuse to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the Lord will disallow, disapprove, reject him and his offer because they have not placed their faith in Christ. Jesus is the cornerstone of the church, the truth, the eternal life. Billions, though, have difficulty believing this truth. They stumble at it. The word stumble here means it means to an obstacle in the way, which is one as, as if one strikes or cuts his foot against it. He stumbles or falls. Why? Because Jesus Christ is an offense to them. Jesus Christ is an offense. He is the word offense here is derived from the Greek word scandalon. You've you you may have noticed that comes from scandalous. This was the this was the, the stick or trigger of a trap or snare. It was a rock that caused a person to stumble. Jesus was considered a scandal or a snare by the Jews. They could, not, they could not figure it. They could not understand it. How can one come from Nazareth, be the king? How can, how can this man who, was the, who had a mother named Mary and a father named Joseph, how could he be the Messiah? Even today, Jesus Christ is a stumbling block to the Jews. They cannot understand it. They cannot fathom it. I listened today. I was watching a, a man. I like to watch people uh, share the gospel with other people and just pick up habits, things, ways to, to witness. I, I watched this guy, and he was witnessing to these Jewish people. and he was, he was just telling them the truth. He was telling them the truth. He was telling them the law. He was sharing them. He said, have you ever, have, have, he, he was asking them questions. Remember, questions convict the conscience. Statements harden the will. This guy was talking to this Jewish young lady, and he asked her, have you ever lied? And she said, yeah, I lied. <laughs> have you ever stolen anything? Have you ever cheated? Ever? Basically, he went right down the Ten Commandments. And he says, well, after when going through the Ten Commandments, he says, you're a liar. You're, an, a, you're a blasphemer. You're a thief. You're an adulterer. You've done all those things. You've done all those things. (laughs) So on judgment day, what do you think you're going to be? She had to admit, guilty. Guilty, guilty. Dear friend, we're all sinners, amen. We're all sinners who need a Savior. The Bible says in John chapter 3, 36, He believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see thirdly tonight, not only the absence of disappointment, the aftermath of rejection. Thirdly, the actuality of the Christian's position. What are we, what is the position we have in Christ Jesus? Let me give you a few things this evening. First of all, first of all, we are people that are chosen. 
for people that are chosen. Our, responsi- our responsibilities are precious, are important. The word generation here that focuses on us is, means the idea is from a family, generation, the, the aggregate of many individuals of the same nature, kind, or sort. We are a chosen people, a chosen people. Uh, aren't you glad that God loves us and wants to save us? That he cares about us, that he wants, he wants us to have a, a relationship with him. Since the Jews have rejected Christ, the message went from the Jews unto the Gentiles. We are the Gentiles. We are recipients of the, of the, of the grace of God. Paul was an apostle to the, to the Gentiles. He preached the grace of God. We are recipients of that grace. We've been chosen in a sense. Not chosen in a sense that... One is saved and one is not saved, but we as a people, each individual, each, each one of us has the opportunity to be saved. We have the opportunity to know Christ. We can choose him. We have been chosen in that. Secondly, a priesthood that is princely. Our responsibility reflects again that we are, from an earlier reference to the priesthood of a believer, we're not only to be holy, we are a royal priesthood. We are children of the king. Can you, can you say, say, I don't, feel, I don't feel very special. Dear friend, you're a joint heir of Christ. You're the, we are the children of God. How, how much more special can we be to be in the family of God? So we are, we are, we are precious. We've been chosen. We are a priesthood that is princely. We are people that are pure. We're people that are pure. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 17, and if children and heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ, if so be that you suffer with him, that you may be also glorified together. We are people that are pure. First Peter chapter 2 talks about this again in the reference to these things. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, according to he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 7, for God hath not called us unto uncleanliness, but to holiness. We're, so we're we're chosen, we're, we are chosen in, the, in that we are joint heirs with Christ. We're cho- chosen in our purity. And fourth, we're, we're chosen as a peculiar people. This word peculiar is an interesting word. It means uh, different from what people think today. When you think people think peculiar, they, they think strange. But literally it means to possess, to acquire, to make around. That means to make something and then to surround it like a circle, to emphasize it. To make it special. That's what God has done for us. He ma- he's made us special. He's made us different. He's made us unique. He's made us different. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. <laughs> we have all these things in Christ Jesus. We're peculiar people. We're a pure people. We're a priestly people. We're a people that have been chosen. This we are royal priesthood. It says you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What has God done to, for each one of us? He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Think of where you would be tonight without Christ. You'd be in darkness. You'd be in darkness. But now you don't have to be in darkness. Now you can be in light. 
The Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, Know you not that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? You are, you are precious. You are special. You are unique. Because God has set his love upon us. What is the aim? Verse, verse 9, verse, what is the aim of the almighty believer? That we should show forth. That word show forth means to declare abroad, to publish, to celebrate, to make known by praising and proclaiming. Our life should show for or declare God. Our life should do that. The word praises is a word which means our actions, our virtues, our moral goodness, our excellency, our purity, our moral course of thought. Everything, everything about us. <clears throat> People say, I come to church to worship. No, dear friend. Your whole life should be about worship. Worship isn't just Sunday morning what we do or Sunday night or Wednesday night. When you ladies cook a meal for your husband to the best of your ability, you worship God. When you put gas in that gas tank to the best of your ability, you have worshiped God. When you do a good day's work, you don't goof off. You work hard. You do your best. You have worshipped God. Whether we eat, drink, or whatsoever we do, we do all to the glory of God. God cares about our worship, our life, not just our church attendance, not just the time that we have at these precious hours in this place. Our life should, should shout worship to God. And everything we do, and everything we do, that's why everything we do matters. That's why we don't have, well, uh, you know, we don't have a, a, a okay, I, I'm on, I'm off. No, we're always on. We're always, we're always living for Jesus. We're always living for Jesus. We're to show forth, it says, the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his glorious light. What an opportunity we have. The theme of purpose is predominant through this whole book. The theme of preciousness is important. Dear friend, what are you living for today? Is your life, is your life an example of what it should be? Have you got, to, have you got the idea that, that you have a dual role in life, that you are what you are here, but you're diff something different at work, that you're something different at home, that you're something different somewhere else? Dear friend, that's all fake. That's, that's exactly what the devil he wants you to live. No. We're to be the same. We'd be the same. I hear people arguing and fighting and cussing. I said, well, what, what? Would they do that in church? Well, you shouldn't do it outside church. If you, should, if you don't do it in church, man, don't do it outside church. If you, if you don't act ugly and... And, and say things you shouldn't say. You shouldn't do it in church, but you shouldn't do it outside church. Well, that's just, no, I, that's how I am. No, different. that's not how you are. It's what you choose. Everything you do in life, you choose it. You choose it. You make a conscious decision to do it. You don't have to. You choose to. We all choose to. How is our life? How is our life? How is our life? Is it? Is it living to the praise and glory of Jesus Christ? I ask you a question tonight. Is Jesus precious to you? 
See, if, if he's precious to you, then what happens in life is you want to be like him. You want to act like him. You want to talk like him. You want to react like him. You want to be like him. Oh, dear friend, <laughs> I hope in this study of the book of Mark, it's helped us all to realize, man, that's what I, that's the goal. That's the, that's, that's the end of it all is to see the life of Christ and react like him. Think about, we talked about even this last Sunday, how Jesus Christ reacted to those who questioned his authority. How do you react when somebody questions your authority? <laughs> do, you get, do you get all blowed up like a big old toad? <laughs> do, you, do you start turning different shades of red? <laughs> so when somebody questions you, you know, do you get mad? Do you come back with some type of uh, calculated answer or spicy words of, of, of retort? Or do you simply recognize it for what it is? <laughs> These people, they had, <laughs> the only authority they had was the authority that God had given them. And they're simply questioning Jesus because that's who they are. Their insecurity has caused them to say things. Their foolishness has caused them to say things, and it's going to ultimately, going to, ultimately it's going to destroy them. Dear friends, recognize what God is, has given us and how precious he is. He cares about us personally. He loves each one of us personally. Enjoy what Christ has done in your life. Be thankful, to be grateful for all that he has done and what he has given to you. Make Christ precious in your life. Make Christ precious in your life. Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness. We're thankful that you are precious, that you are wonderful, that you do care for us, and you count us precious, <laughs> that we are a chosen generation, us. <laughs> we, we are a royal priesthood, us, a holy nation, holy, <clears throat> a peculiar people, yes, You've declared through your word that we are. Now, God, you've declared it. Now, Lord, help us to act that way. I wonder tonight, these things have been said about us, but do we act that way? Do we act like a chosen generation? Do we act like a royal priesthood? Do we act like a holy nation? Do we act like a peculiar people? Do we act like these things? That's what God has said about us, but do we act like it? Maybe this last week in your actions, in your attitude, you haven't really act like what God has called you to be. A holy nation, a peculiar people, a chosen generation. So preacher, I'm not, my actions and my attitude have not been what they, have sh what they should have been this week. I need to, I need to recognize, recognize that I need to be different. I need to change my attitude. I need to change my actions. I need to change my conversation of life. I need to be different. I need to act like I am, not like I was. Would you pray for me? Anybody like that this evening? I've been struggling. I've been struggling. I'd be willing to admit it tonight. I've been struggling. Would you pray for me? Anybody at all tonight? My actions, my attitude is not what they should be recently. And by the grace of God, I need to have a heart change, an attitude change in my life. Would you pray for me? As the music plays, we stand to our feet. If God has spoken in your heart in any way tonight, maybe not this topic, but maybe some other topic. He's spoken to you tonight. You'd like to come forward and pray, ask God to help you in some way. 
Maybe you've been in some type of struggle. Maybe some type of difficulty. Maybe the Spirit of God is speaking to you about something that I didn't even mention tonight. Some other area. Some other, some other situation. God is speaking to you about. Do business with God. Obey His Word. Listen to His Spirit. You'll be so glad you did. Gracious Father, thank you for allowing us to be in your house one more time. Thank you for your word, Lord, how wonderful it is. Thank, help us, Lord, to realize it, to be thankful for it. Lord, help us not just to hear these words, but to heed them in our own life. May the things that we've heard tonight, God, uh, sink down into our ears. May we, in everything we do tomorrow, everything we do tonight, Lord, may we worship you with our lives with our lips, with our attitude, with our actions. Oh, God, help us. Lord Jesus, be more conformed to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Bless tonight the remainder of our service. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, let's look at our prayer letter tonight. We're looking at the John Flowers family that's gone to be missionaries in, the, in Taiwan. Uh, I hope you have an opportunity to read through their prayer letters uh, he asked special prayers for these three ladies, Cindy, Annie, and Mary. He believes they are not saved. You want to pray for them specifically tonight if you have the opportunity. Uh, thank God for what he's doing there in Taiwan through the Flowers family. And uh, they have great opportunities to witness uh, there and pray that they will continue to have that opportunity to witness in that wonderful place of such need. We do have some praises. Uh, it says, Santiago's surgery was successful. All the cancer was removed. Knew the school year is beginning for many people. Uh, Clayton Vaughn, the Matthew's son-in-law, recovering uh, from COVID and broken pelvis. Any other uh, prayer requests you'd like to mention that are maybe it's not on the list or you'd like to, like to update that request that's on the list? Any other thing that we could add to the list tonight? Yes, Brother Eric.
Yes. Okay. Tara Mitchell. Okay. Let's pray for all those requests. Someone else have something like to add? Yes, Jen. Pray for the Pilatus. All right, pray for Pilatus. They are not well. Someone else? Okay, Brother Ruel? Pray for Ruel's aunt. Uh, many of you know uh, Brother Batonio's uh, mom passed away. We'll continue to be in prayer for Brother Teddy and his family. Someone else? <coughs> Someone else? Yes, Jocelyn? Uh huh. Okay. All right. Continue praying for her. Someone else? Yes. Continue praying for him. Someone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? All right. Well, it's good to see everyone tonight. Look forward to Lord willing seeing everybody back Lord willing Sunday. Maybe we'll have a few more folks get over their colds and uh, traveling and such. And they'll be back with us. Brother Pete, would you close us in prayer?